Welcome to episode 87 of this here Unraveling Technology podcast. It's me, Joe Tonks. We've got David Johnson and we've got Adam Willerton back behind the deck. We missed you last week, Adam. Did uh, I don't believe that. No, no, we did. We um, we had to replace you with two you people. You had to, two people. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. how important you are to the, the general um, <laughs> dynamics. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, here we are on the eve of the um, Birchinal Howden Christmas do. You yeah. Looking forward to that, David. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it was fun last year. It should be fun this year. Mm-hmm. Are you yes. not joining us this, this year, Adam? No, and you're not joining us this year, are you? No, no, <laughs> I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm I'm elsewhere. So here I am on the eve of the virtual <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Day. Yeah, um, I'm I'm feeling a bit. Now, have you got your secret Santa in? I have ordered it. I yeah. ordered it a while back. It's not turned up yet. I need that for tomorrow. I can't. I, I always have a go at people. Well, I don't. In my head, I have a go at people when the, the uh, secret Santa things don't turn up. I always think, oh, come on. But I'm on the verge of it not turning up for me as well. Uh, I, I ordered it through Prime on Wednesday. Yeah. I just thought, well, next day. But I guess we're at the point now where there's too much being ordered every day for next day delivery. I mean, we're getting... Phil was going around the office earlier with a sack full of... of I say presents, boxes, not necessarily presents. Could have been toiletries for all I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's getting to the point where I bet they find it very hard to do the whole next day delivery thing. Yeah. So the fact that I'm only in for half a day, I do have a contingency plan. Mm-hmm. If because it's because I'm leaving about two o'clock or so tomorrow afternoon. If it doesn't turn up by then, I have a contingency whereby I'll have to tell you how to package the <laughs> present for me, David. Okay. <laughs> Which will probably, as a byproduct, reveal who my secret Santa is. But, you know, that's just the hit I'm going to have to take for ordering so late. <laughs> yeah. What's the spend limit? Uh, it's it was ten- a tenner this year. Yes. I'm glad you said that because I didn't check. I just based it on what the limit was last year. <laughs> <laughs> we did do £20 one year. Yeah. And that was That's a big, did we? It's big, yeah. Guy, isn't it? I think maybe the first year we did it was right. twenty pounds. Was I? Which there? Was this back? Uh, I don't know if you were there. Mm. It was. Um, think of how much that was back then as well. Yeah, I know. What with inflation <laughs> and that, like that's you can get some decent tech things for twenty pounds because mm. a lot of stuff, if you're strictly going on the ten pound gift limit. It's not great, the stuff that you can get. Oh, you know what? That's a good, uh, that's a good blog, that, isn't it? Like Secrets Santa Tech for under a tenner or something. You're going to yeah. have to get on it because people will be having yeah, their Christmas no. parties. Right. I think that, haven't you already had one in November, David? Some kind of Christmas party. Me? Am I imagining that? I think you're imagining that. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I don't <laughs> think you're having a Christmas party in November. No. Um, um, yeah. So I, I think, uh, I think I've, think I've nailed this one. I think it's going to be good. But yeah, unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. But because I'm not there, I've been put on quiz duty. So uh, last year we had a quiz which David put together. Oh yeah, this I remember year. that. It is myself. Yeah, that was that was good. That quiz. How, how's it going? All right. Um, I'm trying to remember questions because I'm I'm 
trying to tech theme it kind of how David did with his last year. Mm. But there's some questions where, or there's some trivia where I read it online and I think, I'm pretty sure that was a question in David's quiz. Like, <laughs> did you have one of what, what Amazon used to be called? No. Oh, darn. I can't remember it was something beginning with C I think Camazon it was I can't remember but yeah that was that would have been a good one anyway I think uh, I'm collaborating with someone else so somewhat someone slightly less technical so I'm doing the kind of technical ones and they're doing more of a general knowledge kind of mm-hmm. thing okay. So there you go. That's a little bit of pre-knowledge for anyone who's listening to the podcast who happen, happens to be going to the meal tomorrow. This is assuming that it gets released by tomorrow and that they download it and listen to it. Well, that's all on Adam. It will. I'm doing overtime tonight, so I'll get it done then. Will you? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Excellent. Wow. I'm doing overtime because it's my birthday tomorrow, so I can leave early. How many years young? 29. 29? I was 29 last year. I am no, 29. Yes. Hooray for 29. We'll all be 29. Has the existential dread kicked in yet before you reach 30? Or... <clears throat> Not quite yet. No, because everyone says 40 is the new 30. So it's fine. <laughs> ne- next decade is the new this decade, yeah. I think is the general rule. Yeah, although that might just be people kidding themselves. Um, still a bit of a way off a midlife crisis, I think. Mm. I've already, you know. Maybe the Nintendo Switch is my midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's have a have a look at some stories. Uh, first one I want to talk about, just that I didn't know about this, but I found it um, and I kind of appended it to our email of stories, which is this HQ controversy that I think is very funny and exactly what I expected to happen with HQ. Uh, are you still playing HQ, Adam? Um, occasionally, I'm not not as much. You know, when it first started, you're just mm. kind of like, oh, it's it's on, let's play. But if I'm like half doing something, I'll be like, Ugh, I'll just leave it. I'm never going to win. Yeah. And even if you do, it's going to be two quid or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, we're, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about HQ, which is what the Vine creators did next. Uh, it's a quiz show that's on. It's an app that's a quiz show. It goes live twice a day. And you need to tune in to play it live. And there's usually a prize pool of about, I think it's about $1,000 at the moment. Mm. But you get an awful lot of people tuning in for this quiz. And it seems to be doing really well. When I first brought it up on the podcast, they were getting maybe 1,000, 2,000 players per match. Whereas the last one I was on, it was about 150,000. Wow. Wow, I didn't realize it was that much. Yeah. Uh, it's and it's still going up. I think uh, they had some technical issues where they didn't anticipate the, the 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 bell curve of of people that would be jumping on with this, but they seem to have dealt with it. Mm. They had one the other day, uh, well, the other week when it was Halloween, where they showed on the live stream because they can cut to other content now. They've they've got it all figured out. <laughs> where they were cutting to some pictures people had sent in of their Halloween costumes, and That's one person cool. had gone dressed as the technical difficulties screen <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the HQ app. But yeah, it seems to be, it seems to be doing very well. In, in, in many ways, it's kind of amazing because it's made the idea of um, syndicated live TV relevant again. Mm. If you think about, you know, no one ever really goes, says, oh, we've, are you watching blah, blah tonight? I mean, people might with, uh, I don't know, I'm a celebrity, say, but I don't really watch that. Um, but I feel like there's a lot less of that what with on-demand these days. Mm. You can't really do that as much, or people just watch stuff as and when. Mm. Whereas the interactive element with this makes you feel like, I've got to be there at 8 o'clock. 
I've got to answer some questions. Mm. Uh, there was uh, there, there was some teething issues, you know. They used to do it where it started at 7 p.m. And then yeah. eventually they changed it to 8. And then sometimes you didn't know if it was GMT or PST. Yeah. They've figured it out now. Hmm. But that does mean that... Uh, I don't know if you've found this, Adam, but because they have so many people playing every match, the questions have to be kind of really esoteric and punishing to get rid of vast swathes of yeah, people. Yeah. Right. Like I, I showed, I sent Adam a picture of the one time because it's 12 questions within each game where I got to 11 questions answered correctly and failed on the last one. What was the question you lost on? It, what's the name of someone who studies clouds? And there were three options. And one of them was like nimboologist or something. And I thought, oh, well, over that one, because nimbostratus and clouds and things like that. But that was that was bad info. I think they were kind of banking on that. Yeah, right. it's the same pattern every day, though. It'll be like the first four or five you can get. They're just really easy. And then the sixth one is like, something that you would just never know it's oh, just like a total guess it's just wild west yeah and then and but then like after that one question it's back to easy ones again like mm. and usually that's you know like one of the only ones you get wrong is the one that you get kicked out on it's really annoying yeah they have this new thing called savage question which is a question that cuts off like a large amount of the players because it's it just blindsides you <laughs> but if you've got one hundred and fifty thousand people playing for a thousand dollars you do want to cut that number down. You do. I've seen one game where nobody won. Yeah, but... like in when we first started playing, I've seen that as well. Did Scott pocket the uh, the winnings? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Scott. <laughs> no, didn't it roll over? Probably. I think it rolls over. It probably over. rolled over to the evening game, which <laughs> where we're all asleep at yeah. like two a.m. Mm. The the evening game always has way more money. They're always. I wake up in the morning and there's there's notifications from the app saying. We're playing now for eight thousand dollars. <laughs> I think oh, can't you bring in regional HQ or something? But I think a part of that would lose the 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 uh, the magic of it. Mm. Is that everyone from all over the world are all watching this one particular stream? Yeah, it's like the moon landing, but in two thousand <laughs> and seventeen. Wow, twice daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can win some money out. We're of gonna it. tweet HQ with that with a link to this podcast. <laughs> HQ, it's like the moon. It's like the moon landing. <laughs> it's like the moon landing, but real. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, as you mentioned, one of, one of the uh, one of the things that's kind of helped propagate the success of HQ is its host Scott Rogowski. Uh, it was a Rogowski. Scott Rogowski. Sorry. And there were, uh, there's a small number of uh, presenters on there. There's Scott, there's Sharon, and then there's, there's I think there's a third person that I've not You're seen. You're really into this, aren't you? Like, you um... know what? It's, uh, it's, it's good because we'll just be sat there watching TV at night and it'll go, bing, it's about to start. So you might as well. Mm, you know, you don't have yeah. to give it your full attention. You only have to tune in for the questions. It used to be I'd keep watching after, you know, after I've lost. Mm. I've got past that point now. I don't care. I've not won, so I just turned the app off. <laughs> it shows you live in the corner who's watching. You can just see it drop off massively after after everyone gets... After question six. Yeah. But anywho, people have taken to Scott, who's one of the particular presenters, who should be mentioned in the early days, did like one of the Birchinal Howden tweets, yeah, one of the Unraveling Tech yeah, tweets. When we, when yeah, when we added them. I was chuffed when that happened. Um, 
So if, you're listen, if you're listening, Scott, we're big fans. <laughs> yeah, big fans. <laughs> he's not... Um, he's, it, this isn't his first rodeo. I think he's a bit of a comedian. I knew him before. Have you ever seen that video... Um, like funny funny book covers on on the subway did you ever see that no, one no. it was just i must have seen it on facebook where a guy gets on get, gets on the the tube and he sits there or the, or the underground and sits there reading big hardback books with stupid or lewd titles on them right it just shows reactions cuts to reactions of everyone else going oh <laughs> and that was that was scott rogowski mm. anywho there was an article on a website called the daily beast recently uh which uh which was titled ceo of hq the hottest app going colon if you run this profile we'll fire our host so daily beast this website reached out to scott and um they wanted to do a small interview about hq his success and his kind of meme following of, of people who, who love him and think he's great apparently they call him the quiz daddy now <laughs> which uh, i haven't heard a bit of Anytime he's not on or presenting, all the comments, because there's a live comment feed, it's it's just like, it's a tire fire of, of nonsense. But everyone's always saying, where's Scott? Where's Scott? Anywho, they reached out. And a few hours later, they got an email from Russ Yusupov, who's one of the Vine creators who's created HQ. And he says uh, that HQ was not making Scott available to discuss his involvement with HQ in the media or press. At which point they say, oh, well, we've kind of, we've, we've already done it. And uh, here's the interview, uh, if you just want to go over it. <laughs> At which point uh, Yusupov came back. It said, this is from the Daily Beast article. It says, the CEO of HQ called the reporter's cell phone and immediately raised his voice. He said that we were completely unauthorized to write about Scott or HQ without his approval. And then if we wrote any type of piece about Scott, he would lose his job. <sighs> And then goes on to say, Yusupov's objections begin with the line, Scott said that despite the attention, he's still able to walk down the street and order his favorite salad from Sweetgreen without being accosted. He cannot say that, Yusupov shouted. We do not have a brand deal with Sweetgreen. Under no circumstances can he say that. <laughs> Which is just unbelievable damage control. But this is the best bit as well. So there was another line where they quote Scott as saying, I can make people happy and give them the trivia they so desperately love and want. It's been so great to build this community. And then Yusupov came back and said, take that out. And when he was asked for clarification, Yusupov replied that Rogowski was absolutely not to say that he enjoys making people happy and giving them the trivia they want. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing's just weird. And I do wonder, to speculate wildly, whether, I don't know, maybe... Russ is a bit upset that he's not synonymous with HQ, but yeah, Scott is or something imagine. like that. Yeah, like he's the face of it. Anyway, they, they've they've since made up, and there's been a there's been a bit of a tweet going around that his um, is Russ sat there with Scott, and Scott's eating like a sweet green salad in the background. <laughs> I'll have to send you a link to it. It's it's all very bizarre. That came after Russ tweeted looking for a good PR agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And somebody cause... suggested that he just take Scott to Sweet Green. Yeah. Buy him a salad. <laughs> <laughs> and then he did. And he did. Yeah. Well, yeah. Much, much, much success to, to Scott and all that. I think it was on Good Morning America the other day. It's going from strength to strength. Anywho, uh, what else have I got? How about this one? So this was an article from thenextweb.com 
which was about a robot called Somnox, the robot who may one day replace sleeping pills. Now, this article does read a little bit like an, an advertisement for a Kickstarter, but I thought it was interesting, mm. worth a talk. Well, take us through it, David. Okay, so basically we've got these two robotic students um, going to the Delft University of Technology, which is in the Netherlands. And because they're robotic students and they, I guess, are students who suffer sleep deprivation, they decided that the solution to this was going to be a robotics one, not sleeping pills. So they've come up with this sort of kind of huggable um robot it kind of looks a bit they describe it as sort of peanut shaped yeah it's It's, not anthropomorphic really is it it's it's just kind of like a it looks like a a, a, one of those pillows that you have the end of a futon yeah so it's sort of slightly bent but kind of like a like a big pill shape but kind of bent and curved so that you can ironic it, I guess. considering they were trying to get away from the whole pills <laughs> element and this robot um can do various things it can play sort of a breathing sound um and which the idea with that is that sort of if you if you're cuddling it and listening to it breathing then your body will sort of get in sync with the yeah, breathing and, and slow your breathing down to match the robot's breathing rate and then you'll drift off to sleep from that mm. and yeah it's sort of covered in foam um it's supposed to be nice and relaxing to hold they can also like play just sort of other sounds and things off the robot it's supposed to be able to detect or it will be able to detect like when you're asleep and when you're awake and kind of figure out where where you are and what it needs to do to help you get to sleep to what end? Why does it need to know if I'm asleep? So, well, if you're asleep, then it can probably stop oh. doing the thing that's trying to get you to sleep. Oh, like for battery conservation, that kind of thing. Maybe. Perhaps. It's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. The breathing mechanism, um, I've heard people say that in conversations with other people, if you match people's breathing pattern, then it's many encourage like encourage a good relationship or something like that i don't know if that's just one of those subliminal things that doesn't actually have any kind of but it seems like the sort of thing that might be true i'm trying to do it with you now (laughs) (laughs) good luck keeping up with me (laughs) it also does a sort of physical motion as well to simulate breathing Mm. which is where the robotic side of things comes in rather than just having like a pillow playing you know sounds at you breathing sounds my sister, when we were growing up, she, for Christmas, there was a bit of a bagpuss craze that went around at one point mm. during my youth, and she got this this bagpuss toy, and if you stuck your fingers down its throat, <laughs> it made this bagpuss breathing noise, but it was horrendous. It sounded <laughs> awful. And that's all I can think of when I think of this weird little pill-shaped thing just lying next to you going, Ugh, all night. <laughs> Um, do they have any kind of science backing this up or does it just, just seem like like it would perhaps have some positive impacts maybe? Well, there's a YouTube video um, that kind of details. Well, so <laughs> that's it. That's all we need. <laughs> but it's it's very much sort of 
advertising the robot and saying this is what we did and look how amazing it is and we want to develop this into a full product because it is just like a uh, it's their kind of hobby at the well their kind of university project not mm. hobby but their university project at the moment that they are hoping to bring to a wider audience i think so yeah they are kick-starting it they don't really from what i've seen quote a lot of science based on this the kind of focus of the video is more about hey everybody's all scared about robotics and stuff and robots taking our jobs and all of this stuff and there's all this negative press but how about we get this you know and you imagine like robots these sort of harsh metallic things that Mm -hmm. are geared towards you know doing these unfeeling cold calculating jobs but here we've made this like pill-shaped curvy cuddly robot that you just hug and it breathes there's a there's a simpsons bit i can't remember what episode where someone's got this robot i think it might be one of the future episodes where someone's got this robot that puts their kids to bed and it's just these two massive mechanical arms sticking out the wall (laughs) that kind of lift the blankets up and tuck the child in (laughs) but it's kind of yeah a bit of an evolution on that yeah, I agree. It could be good press for robots, provided none of them catch on fire or anything like that. <laughs> I uh, I sleep like a log. I don't feel like I need to have this this pill in my life. But I can see there is a bit of a, a dearth. What's the opposite of dearth? A lot of insomnia kind of gadgets. I found one called um, Sleep Shepherd, which is this headband that you wear, and it delivers something called binaural beats by Dr. Dre. No, it's just called Binaural Beats. <laughs> and it's sort of taken from this website. It says the, the science of binaural beats is that when you play two similar but slightly different audio tones into each ear, the brain perceives the difference in pitch as a rhythmic pulse. Studies have shown that by changing the frequency of the pulse, you can actively alter the underlying frequency of your brainwave activity. Just kind of to wind you down, I guess. Mm. That sounds kind of scary yeah it sounds yeah, like it it you dizzy doesn't it but then some of the other ones are i think we've talked about them before the, the things that deliver electric current to your head and you know the stuff that you don't really want to you don't really yeah. want to dance with one comment i saw on reddit that i thought was interesting was someone saying how uh, this was in regards to uh, blind uh, to, to dogs but i don't know if this is relevant for this as well is that uh, they had a blind relative a young blind relative like three or four years old who, because they were blind, couldn't differentiate between day and night. Just had to kind of go by their internal body clock. And having something like this would help get them into a pattern. It's like established, like, okay, it's the bedtime because the pillow's here and this will calm you down. And yeah, just thought it was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're on, um, they're on, uh, what's it called? Kickstarter. Um I feel like something like this, if this if this has some kind of medical value, I feel like you don't need to go to Kickstarter for something like this. I feel like you could get a grant of some sort for this if it had a, if it had a proven use. So I always kind of get the the uh, impression with Kickstarter that, like, if this was a genuinely great product, couldn't you just go to some venture capitalist fund? Or I mean, I understand it's got its benefits going through Kickstarter, but. Mm. you know just get straight in there with the big bucks you might not have the connections though i don't know i don't know if you need connections never really tried it myself but perhaps 
Or you could just stick to something like sleep phones, which are like in-ear headphones that you can lay on your side while you while you go to sleep. I talked a while, there was a podcast called uh, Sleep With Me, where it's just a guy talking nonsense for a while in a drowsy voice, and it's meant to help <laughs> send you. I think every day he just talks about whatever he's seen on TV or what he did that day, and it sends you off into a nice kind of sleep. I, I had one, one of those pillows with a speaker in it. Oh, yes, That's yeah. All. Only problem is I find that it's very hard to get the volume right, especially mm. when you're lying in bed and you're ultra sensitive to to sound. You can be listening to something and it could just be a high-pitched instrument. Let's say if I was listening to classical music and all of a sudden, uh, I don't know, what's a high-pitched instrument? Violin. Violin kicks in, sure. What do you say? A piccolo. A piccolo <laughs> just comes at you and suddenly you're awake again because of this loud noise it's like we'll listen to audiobooks occasionally going to sleep but then you wake up at two or three in the morning and all of a sudden it's too loud and distracting so you have to turn it off right you get that? i've right. started i occasionally listen to podcasts and the podcast app i've got has got a timer on so i can tell it to automatically stop playing in like you know 15 minutes time or whatever mm. but I find it difficult to figure out what podcast to listen to because I don't want to fall asleep and miss a bunch of stuff that I care about. But then if I don't really care about it, I don't really want to listen to it. <laughs> so getting that right is hard. Yeah. There's a, well, that's good because if you don't care about it and you don't want to listen to it, then the alternative is, guess I'll go to sleep. <laughs> so maybe it works itself out. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, Somnox. Somnox, the robot. The little robot that could. I'm going to take this intermission here. Wait here, keep, keep talking, keep talking. Phil, Phil, Phil. Joe has extracted himself from his microphone and is going to a, a chair. We actually knew it was your birthday, Adam. What? Upon which is yeah. a hidden birthday cake <laughs> and plates. Wow, this is crazy. Yeah, I... um. Actually, it was David that figured it out. He figured Cheers, out that it was guys. your birthday tomorrow. So yeah. we got you a birthday. Thank you. For tomorrow. Yeah, 29 years young. <sighs> Must be a nightmare having your, your birthday so close to Christmas. Yeah, Beth's, Beth's already laid down the joint Christmas birthday present <sighs> card. So uh... Wow. Does that mean that you get it equidistant between your birthday and Christmas, or does it come later during Christmas? It, it comes on my birthday, I think. Well, I hope it does. I want something. Oh, like right. Well, I want, I want <laughs> to it tomorrow. <laughs> Any idea what it is? No, I asked for a Nintendo Switch, but I don't think it's that. No? Did you kind of, like, sow the seeds of, like, oh, Switch would be great, but I'm probably not going to get it. I just I just literally said, she was like, oh, what, what shall I get you for your birthday? I was like, I only want a Nintendo Switch, so it's that or nothing, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't know. I think I'm going to get really functional gifts, you know? like a, a, Socks. I'm getting a, I think I'm getting a phone case. Oh, man. Oh, phone. for your new phone yeah. you just ordered. Okay, that sounds good. Oh, can I just say as well, because like, I got just got iPhone 8 and, you know. Oh, did from, you? Yeah. It's an iPhone 8. Sorry, I missed that detail. So, so uh, you know, like on between iPhones, you can just kind of sync, you know, back up your, all your data and then like restore it onto Are your you gonna phone. Are you going to go on about how easy it was? I'm going to go on about how much the iPhone 6 just feels like an iPhone. Uh, iPhone 8 feels like an iPhone 6. It's like I've not got even got a new phone. 
Yeah, uh, it it's kind really of, disappointing. It's like mm. same wallpaper, same pictures, yeah, exactly, same text yeah. messages. Everything's exactly how it was. Same settings. It's funny, isn't it, that we complain about that? Yeah, no, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. No, I'm with you exactly the same way. It kind of takes some of the special, some of the magic out of getting a new new phone, doesn't it? Yeah. Kind of long for the days when, that's why, uh, you know, when I, I like rebuilding my PC because it's all it's all fresh, it's all new. Sounds like the saddest thing in the world. I like rebuilding my PC, <laughs> but I do. I'm butchering this cake, but I'm doing it live on air. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's so, literally just dropped that on yeah, the table. Joe That's Joe's piece. Clipped the edge of the plate and deposited <laughs> the rest of the cake on the table. It's still good if you want it. Go on, yeah, chuck it over. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks you very go. much, guys. This is, uh, this is lovely. This is sort of a present and sort of a fun little editing challenge because i don't know how we're going to cut around i presume we're not just going to have perfect we're not just going to have another five minutes of us eating cake presumably oh i've dropped it you have dropped some cake on On the back of your laptop there's hairs all over this cake now (laughs) are there really (laughs) there is actually hairs all over here not mine i don't have any (laughs) david as long as they're not yours that's fine thanks I don't want a piece. This looks like a nightmare. We should have brought candles as well so we could just set fire to something <laughs> accidentally. I can't use my laptop now. My hand's covered in chocolate. Uh, right. Next story. It's good cake. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's nice. If I do say so myself. Yeah, I got a, I got a text from David and I'm still not entirely sure if I understand what you were getting at in the text, David. I don't know. It was very late. I was, <laughs> I had had a very tiring day. David texts me and he said... And I quote, it's Adam's birthday on Friday. Is he coming to the podcast? Should we do something? So I said, well, I could grab him a caterpillar cake over lunch. Sorry, it's not a caterpillar cake. And David said, I meant as podcast material, really. So here you are (laughs) as podcast material. (laughs) Glad my birthday provided content for the podcast. I sent you a grinning, smiley face, which is not really in character with me. So clearly I I wasn't quite with it last night. I could go all the way back through our entire text history and probably never see another emoji maybe an ironic poo emoji at some point <laughs> i don't think i've ever sent anyone a poo emoji all right well it's no time like the present <laughs> uh, for adam's birthday baby <laughs> <laughs> right next story uh so we got this phone yeah this is an article on the verge about uh, a guy called uh schillinger who's created this art exhibition which is a selection of five phones. Do you remember a while ago I talked about the no phone, which was a piece of plastic? Mm. And the whole thing was, oh, it's like a phone, but it's not. It's just a wedge of plastic. And it had a funny website about how, oh, you never need to charge it. You never need to, uh, you know, it's, it's not distracting. It has no buttons. It'll last forever. And it's all oh, very, very funny. Well, now we've got the Schillinger smartphones, which is a series of five phones. And, uh, to describe it here, taken from the Verge article. Schillinger designed five facsimile phones made of black polyoxymethylene plastic with stone beads embedded in the surface, which allows the user to replicate familiar actions such as scrolling, pinching, and swiping. The goal is that it could be used as a coping mechanism for someone trying to check their phone less. I think that you, you put this on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, where did you find it? Um... I think I saw it on something like The Verge, The Verge's Twitter feed. Yeah, this is The Verge, so that makes sense, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's an absolute failure of a device. (laughs) 
and I'll tell you why. <laughs> so there's nothing, right? I don't think I'm a smartphone addicted person. But if I was, there's absolutely nothing about my potential smartphone addiction that has anything at all to do with the tactile aspect of the phone. Yeah. Like nothing. I don't sit there and idly swipe around my phone when my phone's in my hand. Mm. You know, it's not... I, I don't want the comforting feeling of swiping on a bit of glass. In fact, if I think about it too much, about swiping across a pane of glass, it kind of makes me feel a bit uneasy. Yes. It's one of those things that when you kind of explain it, when it's not got any context, it's kind of a nails on chalkboard kind of thing. Mm. So it's, it's the content that's the addicting part. It's the actually sitting there getting your Facebook updates. I yeah. think I... I have definitely, this is not a thing I do regularly, but I've definitely kind of sat there and swiped backwards and forwards between my different home screens. But yes, the the reason I'm doing that is not because I want to move my finger across the glass. It's because I can see the home screens fly by mm. and all the, the apps and all the pages of apps. All the apps cascade down. And... and watch stuff like, hey, I can I can move my finger and it's acting as if I'm physically moving this wallpaper to the left or the right and these scrolling these apps and that's kind of cool and mm. a bit distracting while i'm waiting for whatever i'm waiting yeah for yeah these are just kind of like the little balls embedded in the sort of smartphone shaped black I, yeah it, it looks pretty of, sharp yeah, i guess as a, as a little proof of concept thing it looks mm. good but yeah, I think the person either fundamentally misunderstands or has not attempted to understand what people are glued to their phones for. I That's think scathing. if you're yeah. if you're going to do something like that, you need to think about things like you know e-cigarettes that were sort of like brought in as a replacement for actual cigarettes. Mm. You need something that that does that does like serve a purpose, but not to the extent of where you're wasting time. So maybe like a Something the size of a phone where it's got all it's got buttons on it that you can click, and it might just tell you the time, and that Maybe. and that's literally it, you know, because that because I've been in that situation where I'll pull my phone out, look like look at Twitter, look at Facebook, close it, put it back in my pocket, then just pull it straight back out again and go back on it again because I've got nothing to do. We have uh, two factor authentication set up for various things, um, which is a good thing to do. Recommend two-factor but it's the, future. the number of times where i will need a two-factor authentication code which i get from an app on my phone so like i'll be presented with say a website on my laptop and i'll i need a code so i'll go in i'll get my phone out of my pocket i'll turn it on i'll swipe down i'll look at my notifications i'll swipe off clear some emails i'll tap whatever twitter thing just popped up and have a look at that and then go right okay that's like a minute's worth of checking my phone power it off put it back in my pocket look back at my laptop screen mm -hmm. and there's the the code box there and I'm like yeah oh yeah that's what <laughs> i took my phone out of my pocket to yeah. do <laughs> yeah what you need david is a uh, is an apple watch whenever <laughs> i have two-factor authentication and i log into office 365 it says i'm sending you a two-factor authentication my phone goes ping and it just says approve or deny on it and mm. you click approve and then the website loads nice sure magic that works for office because i can do that from my lock screen yeah which is kind of doesn't really work because if somebody well, steals my phone they don't even need my password but yeah. um yeah it's the stuff you have to log into and bring up an app to view the codes 
mm. like Google Authenticator. Yeah, I use on a, on a bunch of things. Maybe that's maybe that's a better idea. Is just like a phone where you can literally only have one app on it. Right. If you, you know could I mean? have a phone with one app on it, what would that app be? Uh, Twitter. Oh right. Okay. But you you know what I mean like if because like you were saying, David, like if you pull your phone out to check the time. The next thing you know is you're scrolling through everything on on your yeah. phone. Like maybe if you just had like a like a calculator, you know, like <laughs> the equivalent of a calculator or something where you can just literally see the time. How yeah. about when you turn the phone on, um, it gives you like an array of all the different apps. And then you tap one of them and that app opens, but you can't go back to that list without turning the phone back off again. So you can literally open one app every time you turn the phone on. Mm. And that's the only thing you can do. I wonder if the badges, you know, the, the notification numbers as well would be distracting. So you might open it to look at two-factor auth, but then you see a little red one next to Facebook. And you yeah. think, ah, well, let's see what that is first. And it just adds a complicating layer then because you have to turn it off and back on again. Yeah. Maybe something like a 60-second cooldown. Yeah. <laughs> that Maybe that's what it is. Like if you like return to your ho- return to your home screen or close an app, you have to wait another 60 seconds before you can open a different one. Or you have to do something like answer 15 basic arithmetic questions. <laughs> <laughs> do one of those captures. Yeah. Oh, man, a capture got me today. Because, yeah, you know, it asks you to like his, point out the picture of the bridge or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't like it because I'm contributing to machine learning. <laughs> I just feel really <laughs> uneasy about it. Is but that not- what that does? It's got to, surely. Yeah. I think it'll probably use... Yeah, but then how does it know whether they are right or wrong? Because it asks you then a second capture, which you don't actually have to do, but everybody does. Ah, and really? that second capture, you can just skip it, but that's the one I think where they're learning. Because it'll say to you, like some of them will say, find the house number in this picture, and there's just some grainy picture of a number. That's somebody's house. You are. That's come off Street View. You are crowdsourcing. Yeah. They've got eyes on someone's house trying to figure out what number it is. The whole thing's just a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, some kind of capture would be good, perhaps. The breadth of things you can do on a phone now makes it... I don't think it's necessarily addiction. I think it's just that a lot of the day-to-day that you n- need to do is on your phone. Mm. Or is that addiction saying that you need to do stuff on I your phone? It kind of makes a feedback loop, doesn't it? Because when it gets so quick and easy to, you know, check an email, you don't have to go to your computer, open up Outlook, uh, or log into the webmail and view the email. It Mm. just, the email's there and it tells you it's there. In addition to the Facebook messages that you're getting from all your friends and, you know, Facebook and Twitter, which they give you they throw notifications your way but they're also sort of a never-ending you know you check it a minute later and it will have changed and there'll be more stuff to read Mm. and just having all of that available and quick and you know those things are just built so that you can get to them quickly and you can look at each individual piece of information quickly yeah and because you can do those things quickly then you kind of fool yourself into thinking you can do more things and then you just end up with this huge backlog of stuff every time you take a, an hour's break away from your phone then suddenly you've got a whole new load yeah. of messages and a whole new load of you know another several screens worth of twitter to scroll through and all of that 
It was like in that um, that Sapiens, Homo Sapiens book I was reading. And that talks about things like the Industrial Revolution and how in, in theory these things should make life easier. Outlook email should make life easier, but in terms of what, but what it actually does is just push expectation. Yeah, you know, I could send an email through, the, I could send a letter through the post and maybe I'll hear back from you in a couple of weeks. But now with email, not only can I send the email instantly, but I might expect to reply instantly. Mm. Yeah. It's like, I guess, phoning people. Mm. Like if you, you used to phone someone's landline and if they didn't answer, that meant they were busy or they were out and mm. you would try again later. Um, or, you know, send them some other form of communication. Go see them. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, but now with texts, people get upset if you don't reply to their text within a certain amount of time. But it's still a viable excuse at the moment. Yeah. Because we're, st- we're in that beautiful, enjoy this while it lasts. Because we're in that, that sweet spot where you can still say, oh, I didn't see your text. Sorry. Read receipts off. Yeah. Oh, the... Read receipts. I know. Read receipts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, it's only probably going to get get worse. And, you know, these things should improve quality of life. But I don't know. Maybe maybe none of us are any the happier for it. Sorry to interject. Is it read receipts or read receipts? Uh, I've always thought of it as read receipts. But I think it's probably read receipts, isn't it? As in, here's a receipt that I've read your email. Here's a receipt that I'm reading your email. I don't know. Okay. I've only ever seen it written down. Sorry. Yeah. yeah we need to, I tell you how we could probably figure it out. Get Turn on the Microsoft narrator and highlight it. See what it yeah. says. Although that's imperfect, to be yeah. honest. There was an XKCD. This is another little aside. Mm. Um, probably not that long ago about like the worst messaging feature or something mm-hmm. and it is something that gave you information about somebody's text reply that said how long it took them to write the uh, the reply mm. so it's like a, the example was something like um here's my video what do you think and the reply was like yeah it's great time to t- time to write this reply three hours <laughs> <laughs> be great if someone could write an api to hook into you know when someone's actively typing and you get the little dots yes if it could create kind of a graph based on <laughs> how much it was doing that in between messages yeah oh. Just, i hate that they're sort of like ask an awkward question dot 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 no they're not writing they're writing a message no they stop writing a message they're no. writing a message stop writing a message what i do yeah is, i liked it I've, yeah. I've definitely done this at some point in the past where i've taken their question Compose the message in another app. Definitely. Like yeah. Notepad. Yeah, yeah. Then copy paste it back into the original app and then just sit there and hit space bar for a few seconds <laughs> so it looks like you're typing with confidence. <laughs> Bang, send it. Yep. I'm so glad that's not just me that's done that. I thought. <laughs> that's us all keeping up appearances in the in the modern digital age, Adam. Do you think there'll ever ever come a time where it'll be like live live replies? So you can, it'll show the tight, you know what I mean? Before you press enter. Going. Like, no, no, this is bad. Delete, delete, delete. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I feel like something does that already. It, Remember it, Google Wave and all the sort of... If you're, if you're doing sort of collaboration on Office style things, mm. like in Google yeah, like Writer. Google Docs and stuff. Google yeah. Docs. Yeah, you can see people editing in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... But, which is 
good. That, but that sounds like a horror. Nobody would do no. that. Everybody would <laughs> compose the message separately and then retype it out manually. It is pretend. magic to see it in action, though, because we have our, um, our when when someone has a birthday. Uh, fortunately, not yourself, because you're not officially a part of the company, Adam. But if uh, <laughs> when we have birthdays, we'll often have like uh, you know pizza or something, or if we eat from somewhere that's that's not pizza something where we have a choice we have like a net a spreadsheet on the network where people can choose what they eat mm. and if you edit it online you can see everyone else's cursors clicking around and writing stuff <laughs> it's quite good it's good there i don't know if i'd want it for any serious work or for anything more complicated than choosing what type of burrito i want <laughs> <laughs> large guacamole uh, mm. large beef brisket with guacamole by nice. The way. nice medium sauce <laughs> okay um Let's go on to this last one then. So this is uh, regarding a new um, OSX vulnerability. A bit of a, a short piece. It's called Mac OS now, apparently. Oh, is it? Am I, I feel am I wrong? very out of sync with Mac. Yeah. Yeah, you and me both. I mean, I used to have one, but I don't now. But I'm glad at the moment because it looks like we're having some vulnerabilities. So High Sierra is the name of their latest um, 10.13. Yes, so they're, they're still on their thing of naming them after mountains. Um, and that OS was recently shaken uh, when a guy called Lemmy Orhan Ergin tweeted the following. He said, Dear Apple support, we noticed a huge security issue at macOS High Sierra. Anyone can log in as root, root being the all-powerful super login account, with an empty password after clicking on the login button several times. Are you aware of it, Apple? So that was um, on the tw- 28th of November at 10 a.m. He tweeted that. That's funny. Obviously tweeted. not that bothered about security then, is he? Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just wanted the retweets. So. Right, this is one of the things I wanted to discuss. Okay, So obviously if that's a big security flaw. That's bad. This random guy, Lemmy Orhan Ergin, who found it, what do you think of the way the bug was reported? I mean, considering the other channels available to him, such as, I don't know, emailing Apple support, do you think that this was a bit of a renegade, silly thing to do? Or do you think the onus is not on him to have to... Well, Well, my thinking is, if he'd have emailed Apple support and it got lost in the system somewhere and not picked up for weeks... Is that any better? I'm speculating here. Apple, I don't think, have any kind of bug bounty program, do they? I should check this beforehand. I've not Apple heard of one. Bug I feel like that reporting. would be an ad, that would be them admitting that they are prone to flaws. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, so it's you can, kind of not their mantra. As a developer, you can report bugs. Um, you can do feedback for the iPhone. Um yeah, I'm just I'm just having a quick look. The the best I can find is a CNET article from 2011, so I don't know how up to date this is. Mm. Uh, there's like an on online feedback sub- submission form. A lot of companies have what's called a bug bounty program. Yes, where if you find a bug and you send it to them um, and only them, and they can they will then investigate that if they can prove that that is a bug and recreate it. Um, they will then pay you money for finding that bug and reporting it sensibly to them without kind of telling the whole world 
um, yeah. so that they can fix it, they can get their customers patched, and then they can say, this was a problem, we've now patched it. Yeah. Um, yeah, shouting it out on Twitter is maybe not the best idea, mm. but there is a but to this. He was not the guy who found it. <laughs> um, the this so just to kind of backtrack the whole the problem that was being described is basically if you you get a username and password prompt up if you type in root which is as we've said this kind of all-powerful administrator account in mac and linux type operating systems if you type in root as the username and leave the password blank and click unlock and then you'll get an error message and then if you click unlock again it will log you in mm. um that was actually discovered about two weeks before this tweet and posted on Apple's developer forums. Right. Which apparently Apple don't read because this seems to have been the first they heard of it when this tweet went public. So kind of, yes, it wasn't really the best way of releasing this bug by tweeting to the entire world, hey, you can do this gaping security flaw. Do you know about it, Apple? But on the other hand, it had been public knowledge and publicly out on the internet for two weeks beforehand mm. and so there's a guy november 13th 2017 uh, a guy is talking about it's in a thread um actually about when people update to high sierra yeah some people were running into this problem where their um user accounts that they used to have originally before they did the update were administrators on the computer and when they did the update then they suddenly lost administrative rights so they couldn't install anything or anything right, like that okay. and they're trying to figure out how do we get this back and this guy posted um try this on startup click other enter username root and leave the password empty press enter try twice <laughs> <laughs> don't know why this works yeah so it says solution worked for me no idea how or why hope this helps <laughs> so basically um there's after all of this fallout happened there was a bit of you know people on the developer forum saying how did you find this <laughs> and he's basically he ran into this problem where he'd lost his original user account suddenly became not an administrator in after doing this update and instead of like reinstalling everything from scratch and doing it all again he was trying to find this way around and somebody suggested have you tried root with a blank password mm. which i mean that's the sort of that kind of harkens back to windows xp days in my in my mind of mm. sometimes you'd have an administrative account that was unlocked on the computer and didn't have a password set and that happened quite frequently in windows xp and like when people set up pcs and forgot to change it like, yeah they thing. didn't because it was it was already enabled and they didn't change the password and they didn't lock the account out so i think in theory that shouldn't be the case in any modern day operating system that you'd have this random administrative account lurking on your computer with no password mm -hmm. so in theory that shouldn't work but he found this advice somewhere so he's try typing in root and blank password and it didn't work and out of sheer frustration he then clicked okay again a second time and suddenly <laughs> he was work. in <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he didn't kind of recognize this as a bug he just thought this was a, a neat little workaround, neat little solution, fixed his problem. 
And so suggesting other people on the forums who are having the same issue that maybe they should try this little little workaround. Just, <laughs> just try it, try and put in root twice. <laughs> um, yeah. And there you go. Yes, they, so they responded after this tweet within about... They had a patch ready to go within 24 hours. So people will get a little warning popping up on, on their Mac OS saying, security update available. This update should be installed as soon as possible. And then they also put out an, uh, a statement saying, we greatly regret this error and we apologize to all Mac users, both for releasing with this vulnerability and for the concern it has caused. Our customers deserve better. We are auditing our development process to prevent this from happening again. And uh, so kudos to them. They got the update out fast. Um, I imagine they probably managed to get the updates thrown together quite quickly, but then you've got a test to make sure it doesn't conflict with anything else. Yeah. But it did. Um, so following that, they managed to... Uh, <laughs> so after that, there's another issue that's come up where users, since the update, can no longer get to file shares, right. to network file shares, because I don't know, whatever permissions are used to access those shares, something's been done, <laughs> something's broken, which means that you have to go in and do an additional fix for that. So overall, a bit of a, a ball dropped there by Apple. Yeah, this is why companies prefer you to kind of silently just tell them so yeah. that they can go away and spend 30 days putting this patch together instead of having to rush it through. Yes. But at the same time, I don't know, maybe they're lacking a bit on their quality control anyway if they're letting stuff like this get out. I mean, this seems like maybe this is the the thing that's an inherent problem with these faster turnarounds on on OS upgrades. Because mm. it used to be, you know, you'd have a good few years between... I don't know, Microsoft, uh, between OS X Lion and Mountain Lion or between uh, XP and Windows 7, whereas now it feels like they're coming almost as thick and fast as browser updates. They want to hit a milestone, have something to talk about at the Apple conference. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything to be said these days for uh, kind of structural, you know, having a good solid foundation for your operating system it's stuff piled on top of other stuff mm. and i always thought that that was apple's strong point and people would always talk about how great uh, apple's products were because they were rock solid and very mm. well designed and it feels like they're kind of losing that edge a bit mm. a making bit. mistakes you sent a um the actual article you sent round for us to read before recording this was a uh, kind of in-depth exploration as to mm. what exactly was going on i'm curious if you understood it any better than i did i, I didn't know <laughs> i i it was basically mostly the first part which was going on about the tweet and and what the background is to it i haven't really dug down into it but it does not look like a simple yeah it was <laughs> it was an interesting read but as somebody who doesn't speak unix it was a little bit out of my reach, but mm. from what I can I do gather, like to push you here on the uh, <laughs> Unraveling Technology podcast. So what I gather is that, um, and this might be not quite right or completely wrong, but it's, it's what I'm, I'm understanding from um, the article we were looking at is uh, it's from a site called Objective-C, so objective-s-e-e.com. Oh, very good. Very good. Um, so I think there's a kind of mechanism built into Apple. So when you store a password on a computer, you don't want to store it in plain text because somebody could just kind of pull the disk out of your computer, read through the files, find that password, or 
you know, even if it was just a rogue app or a website or something that got access to your computer, it could sit there and read read that password file, know your password. Mm. So you don't store it in plain text. What you do is you store it in a what's called a hashed state yeah. where you kind of use a mathematical function to calculate this big, long st string of letters and numbers that represents your password. And every time you type in a password, you'll run the same mathematical um, algorithm and you will come out with the same hashed value. Yeah. So you don't actually store the password. And if you stick anything else in, if my password was unraveling technology, I'd get one hash value. If it was mm -hmm. unraveling tech, I'd get something completely different. Yeah. So when you're checking a password, it's basically rehashing that password and then comparing the hash value that it's just generated to the one that it's got saved. Um, from what I understand, there was kind of like an old way that it was storing passwords and then there's a better way that it's more modern way that it stores passwords. A hashier way. Called shadow hash. Right. Um, and kind of built into the authentication mechanism is this thing where it detects uh, if you're you ask it to authenticate a password, it then detects if your if that password is currently stored using the old method and does an upgrade and upgrades it to the new storage method. Right. Um, in this case, when you um, submit a username and password for an account that is not currently active, so by default the root account the all-powerful administrator account is disabled mm. in Mac because you shouldn't really need to use it. Yeah. Um, if your your own account is an administrator, there's no reason to use the, the root. Sure. Um, when So by default, you've got this disabled account with a blank password called root. Um, when you put in root and a blank password, in this case then what it is doing is looking at that root password and for whatever reason was not detecting the fact that your password doesn't match its password and is updating the value to blank. Okay. Troubling. So, yeah, instead instead of kind of saying, no, you got it wrong, the, the account's disabled, go away, it's looking at the password and going... Oh, this is stored using an old version. I need to upgrade the, upgrade that to a shadow hash, and we'll use this password that you've just put in, which is blank. So we'll upgrade it to the shadow hashed version of blank. So the first time you click on lock with root and blank password, it does this upgrade in the background, even though it throws an error saying you can't log in. Right. And then the second time you click on lock, it goes and checks it and goes, "Oh yeah, that is the password." Mm. In you go. I imagine that the hash of blank is just blank again. Well, no, it'll be something, oh. something mathematically generated. But, oh, right. Okay. So that's my kind of understand. That might be completely wrong. If if I'm completely wrong on that and you understand it, then by all means, write in and tell us what's going on. That's a great way to get some emails because people love proving other people wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Please do correct <laughs> I'm here me. to be shot at. Maybe we should start assaulting the podcast with just incorrect facts. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Just make them more and more obvious until somebody finally goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Computers right. were not invented in, in 2005. <laughs> okay, I'm going to I'm gonna wrap it up. I do have a, a Kickstarter of the week, but we only have the room for a couple more minutes, so I'm going to wrap up now. 
if that's all right. Of course. Sure. Okay, well then let's uh let's let's do this. If you'd like to send us an email about anything we've talked about, then do uh podcast at unravelingtechnology.co.uk is the address to go to or to send to rather. We've got at unraveling tech as our Twitter handle. You can find us on there. Liked by the legend Scott Rogowski himself. And uh the blog unraveling.technology also. And if you haven't left us a review on iTunes, then we'd really appreciate it. You can find us if you search Unraveling Technology or Unraveling or Burton or Howden. It'll all come up. But uh, but that's us. I'm going to wipe all of this chocolate off my fingers now. Uh, <laughs> thank you, folks, for listening. I've been Joe Tonks. We've had David Johnson and Adam Willerton. We'll speak birthday to you next week. Birthday boy, Adam Willerton. You'll get birthday Stop. beats Stop. after this. <laughs> Okay, uh, thank you for listening. We'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.